Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you are wonderful uh, opportunity to uh, listen to podcasts. I myself do one mostly when I'm driving uh, and when I'm working. Um, people say they listen to podcasts when they exercise. Uh, I will never know if uh, that is when I listen to podcasts because, well, I don't exercise. That being said, we're going to discuss a wonderful little topic I like to call guns and hammers. I know, that's kind of a weird uh, title for a podcast. Uh, you might even call it clickbait. Well, go ahead, call it clickbait. Um, but if it worked, it's good. Uh, there is a, there's a reason we call it guns and hammers. Uh, the reason we call it guns and hammers is because of a saying that my grandfather uh, once told me. Um, and we will get to that in a second. We speak of guns in churches frequently uh, when I teach security and self-defense uh, and situational awareness to both schools and churches. And it's amazing how often uh, people will say, uh, we need to carry guns, we have to carry guns, we, uh, uh, we have to have an overwhelming push to train over and over again for that, for that violent intruder, that active intruder, that active assailant, active shooter, whatever keywords you like to use to push uh, the concept of making sure your security team is armed. And I'm not saying your security team should not be armed by any shape, manner, or form. But if they are armed, they need to be trained. Uh, they need to be trained in not just firearms, but also in less than lethal uh, situations as well. And we'll get more into that in a few moments as well. Uh, that old saying that I was speaking to you about at the very beginning of this conversation uh, my grandfather once said, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Now, that sounds like a simple old-fashioned saying, and it is, but it's got a lot of meat to it, and we're going to pull some of that off the bone. Uh, oftentimes, when I'm working with security teams uh, and school security as well, they discuss how they have to have a gun, they have to have a firearm. I had an incident not that long ago at a church that I was uh, working with, where I approached one of the folks on the security team there that had been on the team for quite a few years, actually. And I just asked him, you know, kind of one of those um, tabletop discussion concepts, you know, what would happen right now if while you were standing here in the lobby, somebody came in carrying a sign that said, Jesus was a liar, Christianity is a farce, Whatever the possibility is, you know, that you could possibly think of that a protester or an interrupter might be saying. And he looked at me, and I, I hate to think of this out loud. Uh, I hate to say this out loud because when I think of it, it, it kind of boggles my mind. He tapped his hip and he said, me and my friends Smith and Wesson will take care of them. And I just looked at him and I said, the only thing I could think of was, well, put me on the list. And he said, what list? I said, your visitation list, because while you're in jail, I'd like to come and visit you. And he said, what does that mean? I said, you're looking at shooting somebody for speaking an opinion other than what you agree with. That's insane. I said, how about, let's talk about some things like, I don't know, situational awareness, um, verbal de-escalation, those kind of things that are so much more important than do I have a gun? And now I'm a proponent of the 
Second Amendment more than the average bear. I'm a, I teach pistol shooting. Uh, I teach AR-15s. Uh, I build firearms. Uh, I'm I'm all for firearms. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it's kind of scary to think that all people want to know about is what company can do the best training for um, armed security. What company is doing active shooter training? Now, I might be burning myself in the hiney here because I'm currently teaching active shooter training in several different schools, preschools, and churches. And I don't want to do that, obviously. But I do want to let people know that that's not the only thing that they need to be trained on. Some of these security teams... They want to know the best tactics and the techniques. There's a concept out there, which if you haven't heard it, look it up. It's called tactical. No, not tactical. Tactic cool. And those are the people that scare the bejeebers out of me. They want to make sure that uh, they have the latest and greatest uh, in firearms just to work church security. When more so you need is your head on a swivel and a good way to talk yourself in and out of situations. Now, that being said, we're producing this uh, podcast, you know, several weeks, a month, just past the Nashville uh, school shooting. And there have been multiple other shootings. And we're in Pittsburgh, where the synagogue shooting took place um, at the Tree of Life. And matter of fact, lost a very good friend there. Uh, Jerry Rabinowitz was a good friend uh, for many, many years. And um, he was uh, taken out during that shooting there and it still takes a little breath away of me and, and um, bothers me a little bit that we have the opportunity to not stop these people from doing that but had they had the proper situational awareness and had somebody outside maybe just maybe that could have been stopped now are we going to stop everything no can't we can't this world is run by an evil uh, force that is just going to continue uh, to do Satan's work. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, so glad this is not our home. So glad we were just passing through. But uh, that being said, most of the time the gun is the last thing that is needed. Uh, the situational awareness. Uh, you're going to be tired of me saying situational awareness, I'm sure. There will be multiple times where... Um, I will be using situational awareness and verbal de-escalation and verbal judo. Uh, that a gun is not absolutely necessary. Uh, what's weird is um, the events that we talk about, these active shooter events and active intruder events, they are very rare. Uh, what is not rare is things that are occurring in churches and schools, uh, protests, like I just mentioned a little bit ago, uh, people interrupting services for whatever reason, uh, vandalism. Um, the biggest one right now is child custody issues. Uh, custodial issues far, far outweigh any other issues uh, in churches and schools uh, at this very moment. So those all go back to situational awareness, verbal de-escalation. And we're going to drill down a little bit more on both of those subjects in a future podcast. The uh, The interesting thing, though, is when we talk about security teams, uh, the first thing someone who is working on a security team will say to the other person, uh, what do you carry, a 9mm or a 45? And there'll be a great big debate about which caliber is better, how many, how many rounds each firearm holds, and uh, the ultimate chuckle I ever received was um, personally I'm a 9mm guy go ahead send some texts and emails and uh, reply to the podcast that uh, why you think I should not be and I, I, I encourage that 
But uh, I was talking to a gentleman who carried a 45. And I asked him one day, I said, why is it you carry a 45? And his simple answer, without even breaking a smirk, he looked at me and said, because I can't carry a 46. And I thought that was pretty well uh, understanding what concept and what camp he was coming from. Um, so as we're talking about calipers, and we often talk about where we shoot and what targets we use, is a, is a B24, B29, B36 target better to shoot at. Uh, we don't spend as much time discussing uh, those simple things like verbal de-escalation. Um, the odd but true aspect of that is I was once at a um, gun training center and I was actually taking a class yes I teach but I think if you teach and you don't still go to training you're an idiot so I was once at a uh, training class and uh, the instructor once told me uh, the best way to not get into a fight is to not be where the fight is and I thought that's a great idea you know why would I go to the worst part of town at the worst time of night and do the worst kind of thing if I didn't have to so uh, that is truly an asset that you have to think about uh, to your credibility uh, to be able to not be in a place where the fight is. So I thought that was wonderful. Then I realized if I'm working security on an event, I have to be where the fight is oftentimes. And that is um, kind of one of those then what moments. And uh, that goes into the next concept that my grandfather once taught, which this instructor also repeated, uh, you don't rise to the occasion, you sink to your lowest level of training. And that is so, so true. Uh, everybody thinks, well, when it, when it goes down, I'll rise to the occasion. And that is absolute malarkey. Uh, even the U.S. Army during their camp trainings uh, will discuss over and over again, you're only as good as your training. Uh, and you will always sink to the lowest level of training you have. Uh, have had. So uh, that same instructor was teaching me um, and somebody in the class mentioned, um, we just need to know when we can shoot. And uh, the instructor kind of first started to snap on the person then realized that this person wasn't being crude, rude, and socially unacceptable. They were just being ignorant. And he stopped and he said, I, I don't want to teach you when you can shoot. I want to teach you the 999,999 ways not to have to shoot. And I thought that was sheer brilliance. Uh, the fact that, once again, using verbal de-escalations, and at that training class, we actually learned other things like uh, some non, well, I don't want to say non-lethal, I will say less than lethal uh, proponents of uh, helping somebody um, if they're in need or uh, getting yourself out of a sticky situation. Uh, OC sprays are one of them, and I'm a big fan of uh, pepper foam, not pepper spray. Uh, if you are working in a school or a church and you open up a can of OC spray, you're gonna have not only the person you're attempting to detain uh, affected, you're also gonna have every single person who has asthma, allergies, or the slightest of respiratory issues going to the emergency room that day as well. So always, always, always encourage pepper foam. Uh, the other great thing about pepper foam, which I kind of love, is the fact that you can train with pepper foam very easily with a can of Silly String. Yes, Silly String's a little more thick than pepper foam, but it's the same concept and it sprays at pretty much the same velocity. Uh, so you can throw somebody into an area uh, to train and put a pair of 
glasses on them, goggles, and have all the training you want uh, right there and then uh, with Pepper Foam. Now, I do have a, a great teaching uh, form that I use and uh, instruction concept that I teach when I do pepper spray or pepper foam. Uh, I would encourage you to contact me if you have any issues about that. Uh, well, speaking of contact me, I probably should have gone this at the very beginning, which I kind of forgot. Uh, my name is Terry Beringer, and uh, I own and operate Church Emergency Consulting. I do not only church security, but school security, preschool security, um, Sunday school security. I teach greeters, ushers, you know, uh, medical teams at churches and schools, security teams. Uh, I also do a lot of CPR classes and first aid classes, not just in schools and churches, but also in businesses in the manufacturing industries um, and other types of industries. Uh, I just taught a excavation crew, uh, an excavating company, uh, which was a great time uh, to teach their guys. I teach CPR, first aid, uh, stop the bleed, although I call it bleeding control. Um, Stop the Bleed is getting very much of a generic term. Uh, we also talk about um, active shooters and active intruder uh, training as well. So uh, if you do want to contact me to tell me why I shouldn't be a 9mm guy, uh, you can reach me at terry at churchemergency.com for an email. Or you can text me 412-527-3673. Uh, my website is churchemergency.com. Uh, we're constantly updating that uh, with some of the information we have here as well. So as we're talking about training with OC sprays, there's other uh, aspects that we could talk about um, for less than lethal um, devices. Tasers are an awesome way of looking at it. Um, the non-professional tasers that are out there, uh, they're actually set up so if you have to activate them, they stay on giving you time to get away and move out. Um, and some of the, the the taser brands themselves, if you use them, they will actually, uh, if provided a police report for the fact that you use them, they will give you another one for free. They want you to activate it, drop it, and run, which, believe me, that's uh, the perfect use of a taser. Uh, other things we can use is um, expandable batons. Uh, expandable batons are not outlawed in any state in the Union, um, in the United States. They're available to be used in all 50 states. Uh, some do require some training and uh, licensure, but uh, they are not illegal, as some people have often said. Um, we could talk about escort positions, how to escort somebody out of a room uh, at, with the least bit of uh, friction uh, and uh, the most amount of compliance. Those are another great things to do. Uh, when we're talking about all of this use of force, whether it be you know, putting hands on somebody to escort them, up into and including uh, discharging a firearm uh, at an active threat, uh, this all needs to be done with an authorization of the facility in which you're uh, performing these duties at. Uh, if it's a church, it has to be done by the church leadership. If it's a school, it has to be done by the principal and superintendent and uh, church uh, school board as well. So these things all have to have the proper uh, paperwork behind them. Um, official authorization uh, and a use of force policy. That use of force policy needs to be signed by somebody in, 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 in leadership. Um, that is, is a huge thing. You also need to have that uh, include a use of force continuum. At what point do you do X 
At what point do you do Y? Uh, at what point do you resort to having to do Z? Uh, those are the kind of things that are in a use of force continuum. Uh, and once again, if you have any problems or questions about that, you can contact me at terry at churchemergency.com and uh, send me an email, and I'll be happy to talk to you about that and even send you some of the information that I have. Um, the big aspect that we want to look at as far as that authorization and the use of force policy and the continuum of force um, uh, dictation you really want to make sure if you don't have this in the church or school or facility you're working at, you're putting yourself at a very high risk. Um, hopefully, if you do come to the point where you need a firearm to defend yourself or somebody else, you have also have um, some type of self-defense insurance. Uh, I'm a very big proponent um, of U.S. Law Shield. And uh, I think they're an amazing company. Uh, so they will cover you if you have a use of force with a firearm or a knife or a club or if you had to whack somebody with a chair. They will cover you uh, during all those situations. So uh, if you are actually interested in the U.S. Law Shield as well, once again, send me an email, terry at churchemergency.com, and we can discuss that as well. So I want to make sure, just before we get out of this uh, short podcast, that if you are going to be working with a school, uh, with a business, uh, with a church, that you do get training. Training not only in what to do when it hits the fan, uh, but also training in how to recognize when somebody's bringing that fan into the room and plugging it in. And before they turn it on, hopefully you're going to understand what you need to do uh, so it, you don't have to actually resort to responding to that that has hit the fan. Uh, the goal here sometimes uh, is over um, simplified, but it's also uh, understated as far as what leadership of these organizations often do because you want to be proactive. You want to catch these things before they occur, uh, not have to respond afterwards or being reactive. Um, reaction is always slower than action. And being proactive, you're one step ahead of the action. So uh, you want to be, as some people have said, left of bang. Uh, and that's a great way of looking at it. Uh, you want to be there. You want to be acting before the incident occurs. So that being said, I can encourage you to get training. Uh, get trained. Training, training, training is, is the number one thing we want to discuss. And we're going to get into a little bit more of things like uh, de-escalation and those kind of things in a later podcast. But we're just getting this, uh, this podcast train rolling, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you are, send me an email, terry at churchemergency.com, uh, and let me know. Uh, I believe there are several other ways to reply to the podcast in which I'm going to relieve, leave that uh, to the wonderful hands of those in charge of the podcast to explain how to um, request the further future ones, how to subscribe, and uh, how to like. And um, there's all kind of things like thumbs up buttons and things which I'm not familiar with. And I'm going to leave those to the brilliant minds that are. So uh, at that being said, I'm going to say good night, good day, and have a wonderful time as uh, you finish this podcast. And be good and be safe. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day.